Hey guys, thanks for uh, for joining me uh, and clearing off your schedules to to come on and uh, and talk to predominantly uh, I would say our, our Air Force uh, peeps, as I would say, right? Our, our airmen uh, that would benefit from having a couple of chiefs talk about record review, uh, and, and we'll get into potentially some of the specifics about particular bullets, right? Types of bullets, uh, but overall, we'll start off with uh, looking at a record, uh, and when we talk about the record, we're looking at like promotion records, right? Uh, looking over the last five EPRs, decorations, things like that. So uh, I've put out a couple of videos, as you may have seen, maybe you haven't, uh, where it deals with um, a tool, a couple of different tools to help you assess your records, you know, because not everyone has a, a mentor or a coach that they can depend on. Um, and so I tried to develop a couple of tools, and these have been in the works for years, and just kind of different iterations of them. Uh, so then I figured, hey, let's have a couple of chiefs on. Uh, there's a couple of them that weren't able to join us today. Uh, they had some other things going on that popped up, such as life, right? So uh, what we'll do is we'll go around the room. Uh, y'all, y'all know both of these guys, or a lot of people know uh, these guys. Uh, but I tell you what, Adam and Joe, um, I'd like for you just to introduce yourselves a little, tell a little bit of uh, the, the audience a little bit about yourself, you know, because uh, there could be some people watching this that they haven't seen you and don't know you, right? So I know it becomes uh, maybe a little bit monotonous for you to introduce yourself over and over and over, uh, but uh, just uh, appreciate your patience and, and bearing with me on that. So Adam, we'll start with you. Uh, kind of just introduce yourself and then Joe, uh, over to you. Sure thing. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Adam Bubidi. I'm currently the Chief Enlisted Manager for the 386 Expeditionary Civil Engineer Squadron out at Ali Asaleen. Um, I've got 17 years in. Uh, I've been the Squadron Superintendent for two units uh, with over four years of experience and um, been on multiple strat boards, uh, step package boards, uh, awards boards, what have you. Um, so I've been able to evaluate a whole lot of records and, and get some experience doing that. CE by trade, um, electrician, and uh, I don't have any DSD experience, um, but I've certainly seen enough packages that have those that type of content to, to be able to speak on the strength of those things. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Joe? Oh, hey, everyone. Joe Bogdan. I'm currently the squadron superintendent at the 60th Civil Engineer Squadron at Travis Air Force Base in Northern California. Um, had the honor of serving the greatest and most lethal Air Force on the planet for about 19 years and um, served many different capacities. Um, I've been in a force support squadron, a couple of comm squadrons, and um, multiple CE squadrons, of course. Um, so um, different perspectives I've gained um, on looking at whether it's bullets, records, um, EPRs awards, just like Adam said. So it's an honor to be here, part of this panel. And, uh, look forward to hopefully providing some value. Awesome, thanks, brothers. Um, so, so for me, uh, if if you haven't heard me before, uh, so I've got a little bit of experience in the field. Uh, nothing to really brag about, uh, to be honest with you. Just a uh, just a proud airman to be uh, and happy to be serving, uh, like Joe says, in the world's greatest air force and, and with the greatest people. Uh, but uh, I've had an opportunity to be in quite a few different units. Uh, I've served in uh, two groups now uh, as, as the group superintendent. Y'all know me, I don't get hung up on titles, but I think it's just uh, just for the audience, just knowing kind of like, hey, it's uh, we do have engineers. We're all three of us are engineer backgrounds, uh, but we do have diverse uh, backgrounds within that functional area and, uh, and, and serving in different things outside of that and looking at multiple records, right? As chief mouse sergeants, uh, you sit at, uh, at the wing boards, uh, whether it's awards boards or stratification processes, uh, and so what we want to do, and y'all know my, my catchphrase, so to speak, is uh, we're just going to keep it real. Uh, so if you got questions, uh, throw them in on the comment bar. Um, if you're watching this later, uh, same thing. You can put them in the comments, and, and the guys are really good. Uh, every time we do a, 
um, you know, a Zoom meeting, they'll go back and take a look at the comments and, and try to answer them for you guys. So, uh, yeah, if you got questions, throw it out there. What we want to do, again, going in, uh, you know, kind of conjunction with the tools that we put out. And again, those are just tools. Uh, those aren't. Uh, so I don't know if Adam, you and uh, Joe have seen those yet or not. And we all have a little bit different uh, perspectives and flavor on uh, how we get after, you know, assessing people's records. And I tried to make it user friendly. Um, so I think the team already has that. But what I wanted to do is just pick your brains for a little bit, right? Uh, as you all introduce yourselves, you've had a, a had an opportunity to look at different records. Uh, so I think what we'll do is we'll start at the macro level, uh, if you don't mind. And then, then we can go micro uh, if need be, right? Uh, we'll, we'll talk overall holistically. Uh, what your what your advice is uh, and, and what catches your eyes and records when you're looking at records, just kind of the process. Uh, I, I say as an example, I say it's a story and it's your story. I've got uh, I got five EPRs, whatever decorations you got in the shoot uh, and, a, and a DVR for lack of better terms, grid out a brief uh, to see your story over the last five years. Um, so um, I think what we'll do is just we'll start, Adam, uh, we'll kick it off with you and kind of what you, uh, kind of how you see records, what you're looking for in those records. And then, Joe, uh, between the between two of us and Adam, uh, we'll just go back and forth in a conversation if that works for you guys. So, uh, again, uh, no, nothing, nothing held back. Um, and, and just let's let's give it to the give it to the crew straight. You know what I mean? So, Adam, we'll just kick it off with you, man. What, what do you kind of when you're looking at records and you're trying to give people advice uh, when you first look at the records, just kind of what what stands out to you and how do you approach that process? Uh so big things that stand out right away is the things that are red flags, right? Like uh, whenever I look at somebody's records, I always start with the typical, hey, I need your surf, I need your last five EPRs, I need all your decorations. And when you start going through, starting with the surf, you could instantly start seeing gaps if somebody hasn't been paying attention. Um, you know, and then you see duty history and uh, where they're kind of at in their career and based on their experience. And then you want to see that those things line up with their EPRs. You know, if you've got somebody that says like, hey, uh, you got an EPR bullet that says completed senior enlisted joint PME, it's not even on the surf. Um, that, that's already a gap. And there's different little things that, you know, depending on the rank of the person you're looking at, there's certain expectations that you already have, right? If you're looking at like a tech or above, I want to see a CCAF at least. Um, and little things like that. Uh, do your decorations line up with your PCS's time on station, those different things. Uh, you know, you take a look at how long they've got time and grade, how long they got time and service. And that starts building the expectation of what I want to see when I look at the EPRs. So I've kind of got a baseline before I even read bullet number one. Um, and that, that, that kind of starts sets the pace. I think when I start yeah. evaluating a record. So, so Joe, is that a similar process that you follow? Um, and obviously, so so the team watching, uh, and I think it's just fair to go ahead and just point it out, Joe, as you're grabbing your thoughts on it. But uh, so so you're not going to hear the exact same thing out of all of our mouths. Some of the things will be the same, uh, but I think it's fair for y'all to all, whoever y'all are that are watching this, right, uh, to understand that uh, chiefs are, you know, we're we are, we're on our we're our own person, right? So we see things through the lens that uh, that we've been exposed to all of our different experiences, right? So. When we might not see or see the exact same things, don't think that it's disjointed. Uh, just understand that there's so many different <clears throat> perspectives out there. And uh, there is a middle line in there. Uh, so as you're listening to everybody provide their perspectives, find that middle line in there. So yeah, Joe, kind of how do you, how do you approach that? Um, a lot of the same ways that Adam brought up. So I probably won't bring those up again. You know, um, the red red flags that do pop up, we're missing stuff. Um, you can kind of see those. And I think more experienced chiefs can kind of catch those pretty quick. 
Um, some other things is I would say, like, I agree with Adam that, um, you know, if you're a tech sergeant and you might, what are we looking probably at a force distribution board to move to a master that I'll probably, I, I might take a glance at the education, but, you know, in the APR more likely, than, but, in, you know, on the, on the data brief, it's not a requirement. So it's probably not something I hang too much on, but it, it would be advice I'd give to somebody if they, if they're working on that. Um, once I get past that, I do look down into um, the areas of uh, duty, duty titles and not because of what duty title they're in right now. Now, but um, I, I like to see some breadth or depth. Um, I start analyzing whether or not they've done a lot of different things or if they've been stovepiped the whole way up. And of course, I mean, this is this is even within the engineer community and other ones, you have to make a lot of considerations whether that career field is going to be stovepiped anyway. They're not going to be allowed to go out. So those are things that we look at. Um, and then, um, just like Adam said, I do mention, I do look at the decorations to see if uh, members earned decorations commensurate and at, on time. And um, typically, you know, early on, if you're missing one, not such a big deal, because I say this all the time, Caleb, you heard me say it many times, we were all knuckleheads when we were young, airmen, man, sometimes some of us just got away with that decoration anyway, but, you know, so it's a little bit more forgivable, but as it gets closer to the top, I think uh, there's a little bit, you know, you're missing some somewhere in the middle or closer to current time, then um, might be something that kind of jumps out, you know, because uh, we're, we're talking about the best of the best when we're, you know, when we're comparing these uh, on the topic that we're talking about. Um, so not everybody deserves a decoration. So totally understand that. But if we're competing at this point, you're kind of looking at the best of the best sustained superior performance. So I look at those. Um, and then I start, like, I, like Adam said, I start getting into the EPRs at that point. But um, initially, it's just an overview, um, looking at what's going on, breadth of experience, what type of leadership experience did I have, and did they get the specific accomplishments. And when I'm reviewing all those decorations, since I'm already looking at whether or not they earned them or not I start scanning them to see if there's any big things that pop out to me like um, specific uh, achievements hey, hey I'd like so, to add so, in real quick go ahead. sorry Caleb. Hey, uh, so I oh. think something really important to address is just uh, why are we looking at the record real quick um, so mm -hmm. for instance if if someone gives me their record and say hey give me some feedback on like what do I need to do how do I grow what, what am I missing um, that's one type of evaluation and, and you know how you're looking through it and the notes that you're taking to give them good feedback versus uh, like an EFDP or a strat board right. mm -hmm. where you're looking at what they did, not what they mm -hmm. need to do. Like it, it's a different, like this, the things you consider and how we grade them is not different, but mm -hmm. how we construct the feedback we're going to give that member is different. I, I feel. Yeah, and I think so, also just to add on that. Oh, sorry about that, Caleb. Uh, I would say no, that no, you're fine. Go ahead, brother. Uh, depending on what you're uh, looking at, just like Adam said, I would. Um, it would it would also dictate how much time I'm spending on each package because if you know if I'm looking at it and I know everybody else that's going to look at it through that same lens aren't going to spend thirty minutes to an hour on your package, I'm not going to do that either because it's not a fair view. Um, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be accurate to what other people are looking at. So I try to get through them pretty quickly because that's what most likely people are going to be looking at too. Yeah, so, so I hear hear both of uh, what you're saying, and um, so when I look at a look at a record, I think a lot of us, you know, when we break open the, the package, if you will, uh, I do really, and, and people know that uh, that I've looked at their records. I, I try as much as possible to not follow um, the isms, right? Whatever those isms are, an Ellsworthism, a Kadenaism, whatever the ism is, uh, because the promotion boards don't look at an ism. Um, and, and so same thing when I'm looking at force distribution, I obviously in the roles I feel now as a group soup, I, I don't do anything with um, force distribution that happens at most of our in the MSGs that happen at the squadron level, right? Because we're large enough. But um, 
the feedback, uh, so I hear what you're saying, Adam, but, but for me, I, I think that if we look at it, if we're getting a strat, right, so we're looking to advise the wing commander, the senior raider on a stratification, right, because enlisted, that's what we're doing is providing advice. Uh, we're not making the decision. So uh, when we do that and we're doing it for enlisted force distribution, it's the same thing. No matter how it's really done in the squadron, the enlisted members provide the advice to the squadron commander, that raider, right? And I know where you guys are tracking on that, but just so that we're clear to the audience, for me, and I'd like to challenge you guys on, on it, and I'm not saying you have to agree with me, but just think about it. We don't have to necessarily discuss it. So if I'm looking at enlisted force distribution, I should be looking at it through a very, very similar lens of promotion, right? Because that's what we're saying, right? Um, that that check box on wherever that falls on promote, must promote or promote now is much like a top 10%. Where What number, if you will, which don't even get me started on the numbers, uh, is more like a stratification. So when I look at a force distribution or when I did look at force distribution, I wanted to look at it through the lens where I could provide that airman feedback on whatever, whatever that airman, whatever that AFSC was, here's here's why you stacked or why you ended up in the place you did as compared to your peers as we looked at it, just like I would for a mass sergeant or a senior mass sergeant when we're doing those stratifications. So you're right when you talk about how the, uh, the type of things you look at don't change, but the level of feedback. And what I found uh, in, in my experience, which isn't that vast, but in my experience on it, when I look at it to provide, so Adam, if I'm looking at your records and I know I've got to provide you a reason of why I said, hey, I think this is about a 7.5 package uh, for migrating, then you would in return say, well, why, Chief? Why, why is that? Uh, so I'll always look through it of the lens of saying, I need to provide you feedback. Now, we know the promotion boards don't provide feedback. Maybe we'll get there one day, but right now they don't do that, right? Um, so that's the way I try to look at it. And that's why all those tools that I built through that way, because it really makes me dig in. But so not disagreeing with you guys, but for anybody in the field that's watching this or watching live right now, if you're if you're looking at enlisted force distribution, and if you're you know in the grades, it would look at stratification. Uh, most of the chief mass sergeants, but uh, would would look at it to be able to provide feedback because it makes you dig in and really look at it. You know, yeah. uh, sitting on promotion boards, you know, you don't have to provide that feedback, but I still challenge myself to say, hey, you know what? If I had to provide this airman feedback, what what is missing? And y'all hit on some things, right? Sometimes people do get. Uh, so there might be some people listening or watching and say, you know what? I got, I got, you know, I, I don't I can't think of a politically correct term, but you know, I didn't get treated that well or professionally. Uh, am I leaving my last organization and I didn't get a decoration? So is the board does the board hold that against me? And Joe, I think you pointed out a, a great point of, hey, we all we've been there. Right. So we, we've had some issues. So now that we're looking back five years, let's just be honest with people. A decoration isn't everything mm -hmm. at those key gates. It's not going to necessarily break you or make you. But if your record's kind of meh and you don't and you have those gaps, then you're absolutely right um, that that you're, you're probably going to find yourself on the bottom side of average. Uh, in those cases. Right. So but yeah, so I really appreciate you guys giving us a general overview when you get that package. I, I will, I'll go through it real quick. What I do is very, very similar to what y'all do. I, I do scan the surf to kind of get a gauge on like, hey, is there breadth of experience listed within a career field? So you've been in, you're in a career field. Have you been able to, in a functional area, have you been able to move around? Because not everybody gets an opportunity to be DSD or step outside the career field. So do you have breadth of experience within that career field? And there's something else. Sorry, I'm another rabbit hole. So many people that I've talked to have the misconception that I'm promoting against the Air Force. And I'm not, it's just simply not that, it's not the way it happens, right? So I know you guys on here know, but a reiteration to the team out there, you promote within your career field, then at certain points, career fields merge. It's different for some career fields than it is others. Uh, and then as a chief, there's quite a bit of career fields that usually merge within your functional area, unless you're a three papa or 
a three echo eight or something like that, right? That they promote against themselves. So it's like completely against themselves. So when people say, well, you know, it's gotta be, when we're talking promotions, it's, it's really gotta speak to the masses. Well, not really, really it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't need to be so specific, you know, for us, right? That are on the screen right now, we, we get merged into more AFSCs than a, than a security forces or a EOD or a firefighter, right? So it does have to be a little more generic for us, but it's still within the same community. So just right. what I, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself when I get to finite, but I look at things like that, right? Hey, if as a dirt boy, we'll look at dirt boys. So I'm promoting to a senior master sergeant or recommending promotion to senior master sergeant. I'm looking at those structures and dirt boy career fields. And I'm saying, okay, compared to all the others, do you have breadth of experience in that, right? Mm -hmm. You step out to do a DSD, nobody cares that much if you don't do well when, when you step out and you don't, if you don't bring it back. Joe, in our last talk, we talked about that a little bit about an instructor, right? You go out of the career field and you come back, if you're kind of the same meh record, yeah. mm -hmm. then when you left, there's nothing gained there. So anyway, I do a general overview like that. I flip through the records pretty fast and it, and it tells me a pretty quick story. And then I reverse and I go back and I start doing a finite. So on a quick story, I'd like both of your opinions on what do you think about key duties? So uh, we are we're really in a promotion board setting right now, if you, if you will, for our audience. Uh, when we start talking about finite bullets, that is where you can apply it also to awards process. But so for you guys, do y'all look at key duties? And if you do, what do you look at or look for in those key duties over those five records? So Joe, we'll start with you first on this one. Okay. So, yeah. So on the key duties, I start looking to those to see if there's um, an over five records, if there's an increase of responsibility or a shift, I would like to see some, um, some adaptability and some change. Um, and any type of, you know, this is one thing I, I think it happens a lot is we, we label everything out in the key duties, which is important. So that's what I'm going to look at when I flip it over. I want to see what they're responsible for, how many people they have led. And then we just regurgitate that same stuff into the EPR somewhere else, right? So I'm like, hey, I already know you oversee 6,250, 300, 400 people or whatever it is. You don't have to keep on talking yeah. about that throughout your entire EPR, especially for a senior non-commissioned officer. We get it, right? Um, but those are things I look at. And I know this is kind of talking about at all levels but man if i got a bunch of staff sergeants i want to see which ones are supervising people i like to see if it says directly supervises three people because some staff sergeants don't oversee anybody right i mean those are things that i like to see in diverse groups and um and that's also a, a creative area where you can kind of make sure that it covers that breadth of experience at various levels to include um, additional duty type stuff that's taken a lot of time, right? Because there are some additional duties that take an hour a, a week, but some of them are taking quite a bit of your time, but you're also killing at the job. So those are that's an area where I find very important that we need to show some diversity, some um, adaptability and responsibility. Those are things that I'm looking at. And and don't, don't copy and paste the same stuff every freaking year. Please do not do that, all right? That is a lazy person's way of doing things um, if you've been doing the same darn thing for five straight years and I guess that's what you're gonna you know what I mean but I hope that you've been adapting growing and learning some new things and taking on some more responsibility because that's what we call potential for promotion you know the person that can adapt and has a growth mindset and continue to excel with um, the different types of responsibilities that we lay at them so that's what I kind of look at when I'm looking at key duties awesome points Adam what, what are your what's your take on it man Man, uh, Joe really hit it good. And um, the one thing that I want everybody that's listening in or anybody ever watches this to pay attention to is key duties are almost more important than your damn duty title. 
Um, so many NCOs, senior NCOs, these guys, mm-hmm. they get wrapped around like, I need this fantastical duty title, whatever manager. Yeah. Of and, they fake, and they make a fake one, right? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> NCOIC of the closet. <laughs> right. God, if I didn't just say that, those same words out of my mouth. Uh, anyway, so, um, you know, grow where you're planted. It doesn't matter what your duty title is. Like, make that match the enlisted force structure that, you know, there's duty titles that are commonly known for a reason because that gives you the expectation of whoever's reading this. Oh, this is what I expect that person to have been doing. Um, and then you're right. So many people overlook it. You know, they, they take on a new position. Hey, I just PCS into this base and now I'm the NCIC of whatever shop and just copy paste from the last guy. Hey, well stuff changed since last year and he probably used the stuff from the last guy anyway. So it's just this regurgitated thing. Nobody takes the time to actually edit that down. Tell me what you actually are responsible for every day and build out that scope of responsibility because that's gonna, and that should match the content in the rest of the EPR. And that's, to me, that's really important. And, you know, fit in those extra duties. Like, hey, maybe you're the GPC guy. Uh, maybe you're the DTS guy, whatever uh, your additional duty is. And then on top of that, you know, whatever you've got in those key duties, make sure you have a bullet that backs it up because why is it a key duty if you didn't do something <laughs> to accomplish anything within the realm of that in a year? Um, and to, to go on your breadth of experience uh, note, um, I think there's something to be said about beyond DSD and other things that you could do to get breadth of experience, right? Whether that's like uh, like an exec job or... Uh, UDM or anything else. There's a lot of things that you could do without even changing your AFSC or anything like that to get that breadth of experience. But that should match up with your key duties and those responsibilities. And um, I think one thing that, uh, and this is probably the last thing I talk about on this before I turn it back over to you is um, I look for leadership of people as well, uh, just like Joe said, but I don't, I think too many people overlook managing programs that's really hard to speak to and it's really important. There's so many guys in one deep positions that, you know, through no fault of their own, they just don't manage people. And it's sometimes unfair that some people, when they evaluate records, they go, well, this guy, he was in charge of 15 people. This guy was in charge of himself, uh, even though he managed these like billion dollar programs that nobody nobody under the sun wants to manage. Um, And I think sometimes we miss that word picture. Yeah, you're, you're right. So I want to key in on a couple of things that y'all said. So um, we have to, let's start with the key duties. Agree 100%. Uh, and can I just be transparent with everybody? Well, I don't, I'm going to quit asking. Everybody knows I'm transparent. I'll just say what's on my mind. So um, it was, I was a tech sergeant. I was a seasoned tech sergeant. Uh, when I realized, when somebody told me, I didn't just like realize, I didn't just know this. So I think it's important too. I can speak for you guys, uh, for our audience to know. Uh, the things that we've learned along the way, I wasn't born with this, right? So that's why we do these things. That's why we we try to push information out so that we can learn from each other, okay? Uh, so I didn't just, didn't just know this. I didn't just one day just like, man, light bulb moment. Um, so somebody told me the exact same thing you said, Joe, of like, why are your key duties just like reworded into a bullet below? Like literally the same words, maybe swapped a couple of words. And that's what I've been taught. I've been taught like, hey, you know, there's, Kind of like what you said, Adam, it needs to speak to it, not a copy and paste. And I don't, some of my EPRs are that way, right? All my key duties are somewhere in my EPR. Uh, so anyway, um, a senior math sergeant had missed, or senior math sergeant select 
had mentioned that to me and said, hey, Vader, like, we got to change this stuff, man. Uh, so I had some good mentorship starting in about Kadena time frame uh, moving forward. I was, like I said, I was a, uh, a seasoned tech sergeant and then career just kind of took off from Kadena. And I ran across some really good leaders, one uh, which is the SEAC right now, right? He was the command chief out there at the time. And he he put a lot of wisdom out there, a lot of nuggets of information uh, that we were able to grasp. So when we talk about key duties, absolutely. The key duties are important. Uh, I definitely look at that. And it's a story. I don't, when, when you're reading a book, right, um, or listening to a book, if each chapter started off the first paragraph or two paragraphs would be exactly the same, you're going to be like, this is a dumb. Yeah, I'm uh, that book in a corner. <laughs> I'm like, this book is gone. So there's some people out there right now that are saying, okay, Chiefs, I haven't changed my job. My job has been the same thing uh, for, let's say, the last five years. I, I do feel sorry for you if you've had the exact same job. Some career fields are that way. Sometimes it's a, I hate to say it this way, but it's lazy leadership or lazy management in some cases to not move their people around. We learned that in PME, like job rotation, right? We learned that. Uh, well, we were taught that. Some people maybe didn't learn it. But anyway, uh, so I would ask if that's, if you're locked into that position, you can't move, um, and there's no other responsibility given to that position, at least not live. we got to have integrity. Uh, obviously, that's, that's our first core value. Uh, is to find a creative way to reword it, at least, right? Now, sometimes the board... You're going to be able to see, through, okay, that's probably the same job, and I appreciate that the leadership's trying to, there, that says that leadership cares. You know, the, it actually says that in the handbook. What does leadership say about? What does this chain of command actually say? And, and what do we not say? When I see the same duty title or the same yeah. key duties, I say, hmm, somebody either one didn't know, we ain't assume, maybe they didn't think that this person really needed development, needed growth. Uh, and what does the record miss? It all for me, it starts right there. So you can't go, so also people listen right now, we can't go back and change what's in your records. This is a part, like maybe your records say that and we're moving forward from that. Um, so I wanted to touch on that. I wanted to touch on like the bullets, again, need to speak to the key duties, but not a regurgitation of the key duties. Uh, like Adam said, I like it. Why, why'd you put it in there? If you didn't If you didn't do anything in that year, that's filler. I look at that as filler. Like right. you can see it. So people might think out there right now, boards don't have the time to see it. You have the time to see it. You scroll down, you scroll, but wait a minute. I didn't see anything in that EPR about that because it's on a, you know, the, the touchscreen or whatever. You can see nothing in that EPR ever spoke to that key duty. It must have been filler. So, Joe, I also want to talk, or I'm sorry, Adam, I want to talk to your point about management. I know you, you're going to do an article uh, or maybe have done an article already about, hey, management's kind of gotten a bad rap, right? Uh, you know, where we talk about leadership and, and glorify leadership. We don't really glorify followership. Um, it's not the macho thing to do, as you know, that's what a lot of people feel, right? They're like, oh, they're a follower. Um, and, and then on the, on the other aspect of that about managing programs. So a little bit of uh, just vulnerability, some openness here. I made chief mass sergeant off managing programs. What I did all solely off managing programs, there was a, you know, mass sergeant EPR or two EPRs uh, that had leadership of airmen, management of airmen and things on Kadena Air Base. But I made it off a of staff, right? I was on the staff uh, when I made chief master. And that's not a brag. I'm just letting people know that you can manage programs. You can manage operations uh, as we do on staff or whatever your job is. It has to be captured right. And Adam, I think we really struggle on that. So if we could dive into that. I know we're going finite just a little bit. But dive in on that, uh, some advice maybe. Because if I read a bullet, you manage a billion-dollar program. And then it's kind of like vanilla from there on. Then did you just did you just show up, turn the lights on, sit down at the desk, and, and watch the program? Uh, so that's kind of what I see when I don't see the rest. So 
Help us understand or help the audience understand maybe a little bit of a deeper dive on a particular management since we brought it up and kind of keying in on it. Uh, because that's just truly people have that in their records, right? Uh, managing programs. So what do you need to see when you're looking at a management aspect uh, to make it kind of say, hey, I'm in the eight and a half, nine range on, on a bullet when we're talking about sports. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah. And, and honestly, you know, the way I break down doubling the information is I, I've always told my guys, like, don't tell me the same thing twice. Um, so they don't repeat information. But when it comes to managing programs and how it's different from managing people, is you want to see some kind of uh, impact in, I say that in the broadest term, but what I mean is uh, like a program or a process, it, what's the function of it and how did you use it, right? Uh, so if you're the GPC manager, for instance, you know, I've seen bullets before where it's like, hey, you know, I did all the, the training to be a GPC manager, whatever, managed, $16 million budget, blah, 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 squadron was successful, uh, purchased a lot of stuff, whatever the impact is. That's a very vanilla bullet because the expectation is, hey, everybody needs to do that training to do that thing. Tell me how you manage that fund so much that we executed 100% of it and didn't miss out on anything. Tell me how you made you managed it so well, it was more efficient. We were able to do things ahead of schedule. Like a, a process is like a machine. How did you make it function more efficiently? Um, how did you improve a piece of it? You know, because if it looks like I could have put anybody in that position and gotten the same result, well, this is this vanilla bullet that has nothing to do with anything. The, the program could have just existed on its own and nothing changed. There's no, and so that really comes down to uh, quantifiable things that you need to throw in there. Like, uh, so content has to go with context, right? So it, big numbers mean nothing if there's nothing to refer to, you know, adjusted something by 98%, cool. Was it previously, 96% or, you know, like, Hey, I improved this by 50%. Right. Was that two to four or yeah. was that 200 to 400? Com completed um, in two hours. How long was that supposed to take? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. it, it, exactly. So it, without a reference point on why the numbers matter. And I beat guys up over percentages all the time for that little silly game. Their voodoo math bugs me, but um, I'll keep the expletives out of this. And, uh, but Yes. So when it comes to managing programs, you have to be able to tell the word picture on number one, why the program is important. Number two, how you did it with um, some kind of efficiency and proficiency. Um, and then add in those reference points because not everybody's as familiar with your program as you are, you know, and maybe fit in the urgency piece. If it really was ahead of schedule, why does that even matter? Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you hit on some great points. Joe, I'd like you to expound on those uh, if, if you can, uh, or I know you can, but if you want to, uh, about kind of like percentages, the dangers and percentages, and a lot of stuff what Adam's talking about, like ahead of schedule. Who right. cares? Is that right. normal? Do you always get, yeah. So can you can you talk to that a little bit? And yeah. again, audience, I know we're a little bit finite with this, but I think you're going to benefit from it. 
No, I think it's a good point. And one thing that Adam brought up before I even get into that is the whole, what did you do in that position? If, um, if I was in that position or Bill was in that position, would, it, would I be able to write that same bullet? And I call those duty description bullets, right? And those are, and I see those in the wrong areas. Like, okay, so I, I, I supported blank infrastructure. It's like, okay, but so would have anybody in your position, right? Or I've led this many people. When I think us in the engineer career field, as many others, um, we lean on our numbers a little bit more than we need to, right? We don't, I, I don't know what you did in that bullet. I just know that you sat there and kept a seat warm, right? So um, those are important things I would say to be, um, to be very, very careful about. Now on the numbers though, like the voodoo math that Adam kind of brought up, you have to, um, how are you going to justify that number, right? And you're making up a lot of numbers and percentages and you might be doing some math that makes sense to you, but I would highly recommend bouncing that off of somebody else because there's a lot of things that make sense to me that might not make sense to Adam or Caleb. So um, keep that in mind. And if you got a completed job in less than two hours or, um, or whatever it might be, um, I, I remember when I was on force support, they would say I served 1,000 meals, whatever, you know, per day or whatever it was. Or, you know, I was like, is that a lot? And they just look at me like, you know, I was a dummy. I was like, yeah, that's a lot. And I'm like, well, I can't tell that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, is that normal? Is that average? Is that the Air Force average that we served at? Or is it more or less? Um, I have no idea. So to Adam's point, if you don't, you know, data doesn't mean anything if it doesn't have a reference point to another data point. You know, I'm like, it doesn't really matter. It's like you just have a, one piece of data. So um, I, I like look at those things. You have to show improvement. And that's how you can kind of look at and look at improvement um, better than, right? You're, you're doing something better than somebody else. Um, you've affected something very importantly. Um, something that I would... I know we're getting finite, but um, when I was uh, in Osan, we had a lot of power outages, right? So we do a lot of those things. So when we talked about some of the construction upgrades and everything else that we executed to mitigate those, and then at the end, we kept track and we were able to quantify that we dropped unscheduled power outages by 56%, right? I mean, those are things that we were able to quantify. So I wasn't keeping the seat warm. My team wasn't keeping the seat warm. They were doing improvements that showed an actual data point that we can show you know that you know we can actually show the math behind that we've actually done this and people felt it too we walk to work and you realize the power's on you know i mean those are things that people yeah. felt as well so those are things i think are very important um look you have to look deep into it and don't just get lazy and put a duty description bullet on your on your epr unless it's in the duty description area please right, so, so speaking I'll, of oh i'm sorry go ahead adam i'll give you one one more good example um i've seen it all the time did XYZ saved a hundred man hours, right? Yeah, I know, I know, I know you know what I'm about to say. So what did you do with the man hours? We still all went to work. Like everybody still did, you know. <laughs> There's a box of man hours sitting right outside, man. You just got to go out <laughs> right. and look for it. So, like when you're thinking, when these guys, when you're thinking about the big picture thing on what to include on your EPR, if you actually did save all those man hours, great. So how did you then turn that what did you do to invest those manpowers into uh doing something better right did you improve your work rate overall for the course of whatever period um so it's like they they reach a point and they stop because it's yeah. an easy everybody point. went home everybody just went home for the day <laughs> <laughs> that's how we get our free day yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of categories, uh, so we'll go back a little bit back up towards the macro level. Uh, we'll, we'll talk that for maybe another five, 10 minutes, whatever you guys discuss on my next question here. Uh, and then we will just kind of dive more into bullet, not necessarily bullet structure, but maybe a little, maybe that's where it goes. So we talk about categories, um, the airmen in the field, uh, they hear primary duties, 
or the primary of importance, right? That's the, that's the most important thing. Um, so when, when you're reviewing records, how do you look at primary duties uh, outside of those key duties, right? Of those primary duties. I, I'm not asking you to put a percentage on it. Uh, the Air Force doesn't put a percentage on it. There's some percentages that are get thrown around out there. Uh, but, but the Air Force hadn't come out and said, hey, uh, 98% is primary duties and give X score to the rest of it. So when you're looking at the categories on the EPR, kind of just walk me through that of how you see that. And Adam, we'll kick it off with you. Kind of just as you look through their records, uh, uh, we're not really talking decorations at this point. Maybe that'd have to be another, another segment, if you will. But uh, on EPRs, uh, how do you look at those categories? And again, not a percentage, but kind of weight or like how, how, do you, how do you look at them, I guess is probably the best way to ask it. Uh, this is an easy question. Look, there's a real good reason that the primary duties block is like eight bullets and the whole airman concept one is two. Um, and the same goes for the 12 outstanding airman of the year packages. There's a reason that leadership and primary duties has more bullets. So it's not necessarily that uh, a single bullet is weighted more than another single bullet, but that category is much more important. Uh, it's also the same reason why if you can't do that well enough, the EPR form actually blocks out the other uh, portion of your EPR to even fill out. Um, so I, I, when I grade, like if I'm doing bullet by bullet, I grade bullet by bullet. Not that one's necessarily more important than the other, but there's more in that category. Um, and kind of like I said, if you can't do that right, and I mean, chances are the other thing's not right anyway, but um, it, it starts messing with uh, the re the entire record as a whole. Yeah. How about you, Joe? How do you how do you break it down and uh, and, and analyze it? Uh, when I'm evaluating and I'm looking at specifically on um, what we're looking for, so whatever grade that is, I'm looking for that. But primary duty is going to be exactly that primary duty is the most important thing right now when i do look at oh, what people are doing outside their primary duties i would i try to see if those are uh, reflective on you know the, the 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 areas that we're looking at for senior and non-commissioned officers you know we got seven areas that we're looking at performance professional competence leadership job responsibility breadth of experience specific achievements education um you might be doing something that's not technically your primary duty, but you're involved at a, at a wing leadership level, developing your peer leadership skills, and maybe you're managing a billion dollars worth of construction projects or whatever other programs you might be doing, but you know you might be lacking that leadership. Well, maybe you can augment that leadership somewhere else by leading large groups of people towards a, a goal, right? A project, um, you know, whatever that might be. So I'm looking at it from that perspective on not just primary duty versus the rest, but what I will tell you is, I have seen evaluations that have a whole bunch of outside your primary duty stuff, like way too much. Like, you know, it's just, there's a point, there's a reason why your whole Emory concept has only, you know, that many bullets versus everything else. And if you're going to start filling that stuff everywhere else, next, you know, I'm thinking, wow, this person spends a lot of time not at their primary duty, right? And that is not a message you want to send. Um, some career fields might be a little bit more forgiving than others, but I know my career field, we are not forgiving of that. So <laughs> I'll let you know, if you're a professional volunteer or a professional, professional student, um, we have different classes for that, right? Different codes for that type of stuff. So, um, so I would be very very careful about that. I weigh heavily on the professional, um, on the actual primary duties. That is what you are being paid for. That is what you have, you know, the honor of serving your country to do. Right? You're absolutely right. So you guys are 100% right. Go ahead, Adam. You had something else to add? 
Right. I, w- I would add in, uh, and I, I 100% agree with Joe, with what he said. Um, I think some things, it's important to note that they cross the line on, on that. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you were additional duty first shirt, let's say you filled in for like three months straight because for mm-hmm. whatever reason, your first shirt was like deployed or what have you, that is not your primary duty, but it's definitely a function of leadership and you're filling a different role. So that 100% fits there. It is not a whole airman concept bullet. And that is leadership. And, but it's not like what your duty title is. It's not in your key duties block. Um, so things like that uh, kind of cross the line a little bit. And it's, you know, there's other things. That's just one example. You're absolutely right. So the board, like when we're talking promotions, they absolutely uh, are at the right level uh, to see those things, right? So when, but the problem sometimes I see is, is where, maybe at the squadron level, flight level, maybe even section level, is even from our NCOs, uh, our senior airmen up, uh, is, is how we actually, how well we're educated and knowledgeable on how to let things bleed the lines as, as it goes all the way up the chain. I, I, I will go off on a, on a tangent here if I'm not careful, but I have actually seen EPRs. Some of y'all might be actually watching right now or watch this later, and I looked at your EPRs and I saw it and pointed it out to you, and it's like, well, this is why your board score is so low. Um, that are exactly 100% the same bullet or in sets of bullets on three EPRs in a row. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know what I mean? So I, I had seen it on the promotion board, uh, and then I, I ended up uh, in the same unit with this individual, and I said, look at this right here. Can you talk about the board and all this stuff like that right there in my unit? So I'm just helping them uh, understand stuff, and exact same bullet. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy to me that – the lack of uh, attention to detail. So when we talk about what your leadership says or doesn't say, when I see something like that, I want to smack the person that approved that and, and signed it. But but at the same time, you know, we're, we're not about uh, violence in the Air Force. Well, I guess in the area I'm at right now, I'm all about some violence. Uh, but it's like, I thought, well, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that copy and paste, you know, jazz that goes on. And I can't fill up the block. I'm, I'm going to copy and paste it from my last year's EPR. I'm going to edit, something happens. Uh, next thing you know, people are not reviewing it, don't care, sign the stuff, and there we go. Um, but, yeah, so when we talk about uh, the categories, I, I've told people this. I got taken to IG, and IG, uh, I'm not going to say they laughed, but but they didn't uh, listen to a whole lot of what they had to bring to them. Because I tell uh, senior NCOs, and I tell them to this day, whatever your level of responsibility is, whether that's a flight, uh, a section, a flight, a squadron, I don't care, wherever you're at, if you're not doing your primary duties, uh, and, and being great at those, uh, excelling the, uh, above those, I don't give a rat's rear end what else is in your EPR. If you're not doing your primary job, what you raise your hand to, to serve our nation and do, guess what? I'm not going to support it. I'm not the decision, but I'm not going to advise. And I had some people really upset saying, uh, well, well, I need to go do all these things. Well, you really don't need to go do all these things. If your primary duties aren't where they're supposed to be, Joe, you talk about it. I've got volunteer bullets. We got a freaking medal for that, right? Mm-hmm. We got a vo- outstanding voluntary right. or military outstanding volunteer service medal. Right. You want to volunteer? That's cool. We got a medal for that. We got a decoration for that, right? Uh, you we need a mission performance and, and taking care of airmen and those primary things need to be lock, rock solid. I don't care what else is in there. You you know, uh, a lot of people get bent sideways when they hear me say that, but that's just the honest truth. I look at my records, right? I'll be transparent again. When you look at my records, I was involved with uh, top three and five, six. I didn't run those organizations because when you look at my primary duties, again, not a brag, dude was jobbing it. Like he didn't have time to do top three president. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a top three president. 
I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being involved in the five, six. I'm not saying that I don't want people to get it twisted. I think there's some great things that can come of that. But if all you say on there is top three president and it's just like the rest of it's like, yeah, and your job is kind of, nobody likes that. Nobody's going to give you max points uh, on a record like that, right? If you, just because you were at the table, like you said, Joe, right? You got the lights on sitting in the seat right. on the top three president. What did you do to make airmen better? What's the top three exist for? But the, again, back to the top, if those primary duties aren't on lock, uh, then, then the rest of it's just, it's not going to tote your record. Some people have been misled. They, they look at uh, bullets that, uh, you know, have worked for people in the past or what somebody said worked for them in the past. Uh, it's kind of vanilla on the job stuff, got big numbers in there, supported $14 billion worth of aircraft. Cool. Everybody on the base did that. Um, so anyway, right. and then they got a top three president bullet in there and they think it's going to tote the water for them and it's just not. So, but anyway, thanks for, for breaking that down for us. Uh, and, and Adam, you're right. It's kind of also almost said as a percentage uh, based on the number of bullets, right? So the Air Force hadn't come out and said that, but, uh, you know, we can look at it and, and, and uh, ascertain that, yep, it's probably like an 80, 20 max, if not more, right, on primary duty. So uh, I've heard 85, 15. Uh, so everybody's got a little bit different perception of that or perspective, I'm sorry, of that. So, but thanks for walking us through that. I guess uh, what I would like to do, we got a few minutes here. Um, decorations. I, I said that might be another segment and I got to step over here right as you guys start to answer this, turn the lights on. It looks like I'm glowing over here, but um, <laughs> the computer light's working, man. Uh, but on decorations, so we'll pause on EPRs for just a second. Let's talk decorations. Uh, what do you look for in a decoration and, and what do you see that's sometimes missing from a decoration that you think uh, that should be added? Um, so I'll let you guys take that away and we'll step over and turn the lights on so I'm not glowing and freaking everybody out. You want me to Adam, go? you're up. Wait, oh, Adam, go ahead. Dude. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, obviously the first thing kind of like I talked about before that I look for when it comes to the decoration is that it matches up with those PCS, PCA timelines on their record. Uh, the other thing I look at is like, hey, if their surf says they have five comms or accommodation medals, um, do they really have all of those in their Prada record, right? Uh, or do, is there a mismatch? Um, the other thing is, you know, make sure those dates match up. Uh, are they commensurate with their grade? Or are they above grade? Um, but beyond that, you know, how many deployments did they maybe get? Because that's not necessarily on their surf. Um, and then when it look, when I look at the content, I, I try to look for leadership, but like it's hard to read into those things. Um, and usually your eyes kind of go to that bottom line because uh, that's typically in the citation where most people write things in like awards or anything else that got uh, earned by that person in that time frame. Uh, whether that was like an annual or anything like that. But probably the biggest thing I've seen that supervisors miss when they write citations for their guys is to review that like past three years or however many that they're writing for to see if they captured any quarterly awards or anything like that, ALS, DG, something. And, you know, you see it in their EPR and you're like, damn, if that was caught, man, because that's going to last forever in their record in their EPR is only the last five years, you know. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Joe, so thanks, Adam. I appreciate that. I wasn't cutting you off, man. I was just snapping my neck. So, you know, I'm old. And stuff. So did you have more or were you ready for yeah, Joe to take over? I figured I'd just turn it over to Joe and let him run <laughs> off. All right. Uh, I was just like popping my neck. I wasn't saying no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I would say, uh, yeah, just same thing. Echo what Adam said. Um, I would, I can't guarantee that everybody, I know they're supposed to read every decoration word for word, but uh, I can't guarantee that. I would definitely 
put those big specific accomplishments towards that back the bottom end of that um, decoration that's just my personal opinion uh, don't bury it somewhere in the middle where it can get missed um, something else I would say is um, this isn't really going to be specifically I I'm going to try to tie it into the citation but man everybody please take some English classes because I tell you what man <laughs> those, those citations like I hear so many people say please Please, uh, let's go to narrative writing instead of bullet writing. Well, I'll tell you, the force can't write narrative, man. I, I read some of the stuff. There's so much. Uh, there's so much jargon in there. You can no longer read it and understand it. So, um, this is the time where you can elaborate on what they did. You know, man. You're, you you have a little bit more space. You can put the things in there. And to to me, uh, a a grandma or a grandson or a great grandson one day should be able to read a citation, understand what you did was awesome. If they can't, it looks like a, another duty description type citation that anybody could have canned, copy and pasted to put it in there, then either you didn't do something while you were in that seat or or you can't write, right? right? You're being lazy. So um, really, I think that, um, that that's the point where you can highlight the greatness that, you know, that you did. And what I mean by that was helped improve your team, made the installation or the environment that you're in better. These are the areas where you highlight that. So elaborate, show how you know, your team did great things and make sure those specific accomplishments are in there because like um, Adam said, after five years, they'll drop off and you won't see it. So if you're ALS uh, Levito um, and you're going for senior mass, aren't very unlikely that's going to be anywhere on your records, right? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Great points by both of you. So uh, a word I wrote down on my notepad, my trusty right in the rain pad, uh, uniqueness, right? So I'm going to go back to this one, talk about EPRs too, but I'll, I'll let the audience in on a sneak peek. I, I see uniqueness. Uh, in decorations and it catches my attention, right? So nobody wants to hear this, but let's just be honest, um, you know, because people are like, oh, you don't take time to read my records. No, I take time to read your records. But if I'm reading your EPR in a different format, mm -hmm. really, bro, right. sis, right. I've already seen it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're kind of like, okay, okay, okay. I know that sounds horrible. People are like just angry at me right now, but hey, we're, we're giving it to you real. Uniqueness. So some people have read my decorations and like, First off, I don't know how that passed anybody's sanity check. Like you actually just use regular words and it makes sense. And that's crazy. Like there's nothing in here uh, that, that, you know, would normally look like a decoration, like a duty title regurgitation, which I don't like the way we do the top of decorations. And I'm going to try not to get on a soapbox about what we need to do with decorations. But that whole first four lines sometimes is just like, really? I already know this stuff. That needs to go above. Like you can read it when you're presenting it. Right. Nobody really wants to read that of like the heart. So if you're gonna limit us on lines, get that crap above there and then mm -hmm. let's focus on those 14, 16 lines, whatever it is, right? So anyway, on decorations, I'll give you an example. Uh, so uh, on, on a senior mass sergeant, when I was senior mass sergeant leaving pack out staff, you might imagine it to be like, Blah, 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 all the same type of stuff as in his EPR. And, and we use plain language to talk about prepping for a war with a, a near peer adversary and all these com major combat operation locations. Uh, so it was all plain language. Uh, the board seemed to appreciate it. My, uh, so I've got a decoration. So once I made chief, I'm like, I'm really going to start writing stuff the way I think I want to write it, right? My EPRs and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, because we put people in a box when we get to decorations because, Joe, maybe you grew up. And it had to be a certain way. And if it kind of got outside that, I have to be able to tie it back to the bullet. And it's almost an identical to the bullet. And that's just the way we grow up. Uh, but I started about as a master sergeant, really starting to experiment and just like plain language stuff. And then as I, you know, got another stripe, I did a little more and I got chief and then, hey, let's just let's talk about what it really is. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's unique. When, they, when people are scrolling through your records, trust me, they see something. It's going to catch their eye because it's going to be different. First off, it's going to be different. Remember, we talked about the 
uh, key duties being different. That's like, okay, all right, cool. We got some progression going on here. I'm looking at a decoration. It's a regurgitation of the EPR. I'm like, okay. If I look at it and it's different, it's unique. I'm like, okay, well, let me, this is something unique right here. And then it, and it's easy to understand. So I want to point that out to the audience. Be unique in your records. I do also want to say, and I'll probably say this again, but it's on my mind right now and I haven't written it down. I don't know why because I got a pen in the book. But um, I am trusting. So all the, the chiefs on here is we're giving you advice. We're trusting your chain of commands doing the sanity check. We're talking about uniqueness. We're talking about spelling bullets out uh, and, and really explaining what you're doing, how to better say that you managed the program. I'm relying on your chain of command to do the sanity check because if Caleb Vaden didn't do what the work Adam did, right? Because sometimes our NCO, senior NCO say, oh, that bullet got a lot of praise. Well, guess what? Caleb was on that job too, or on that mm -hmm. task or on that mission. Yep, same bullet for him. Yeah. Um, and that, that's wrong, but that's, that's lazy, but that's wrong. Uh, and it's easy, but it's wrong. So I'm trusting the chain of command. So we're giving you tips and advice. You might get changed. When it gets changed, you need to ask your supervision. Hopefully you've already gotten the feedback, but we all know that process in 100%. You need to ask your chain of command, like say, hey, I got some advice on how to word this, but we changed it. Why did we change it? They might say, well, Caleb, you kind of suck. Uh, you, you didn't do all that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. They might not be that forward because a lot of times uh, in the Air Force, we just can't be forward and tell people where they really stand at 100%. So you need this. We're talking about it. Uh, uh, but but your, your chain of command needs to do a sanity check on that. So we're giving you some tips, some pro tips, if you will, on, on how to make your records better. Uh, but it might not end up that way for you. So get feedback along the way, right? So anyway, uh, lastly, uh, I guess I don't even know how long we've been on here. I haven't been paying attention. I don't know. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, probably close to an hour. Mm -hmm. 54 yeah, minutes. Wow. Yeah. That was close. I said, I don't know, six <laughs> minutes off, man. I think we started late, so we'll go a little bit longer. Right. If they, and if people need to go and do something else, they can turn it off. Uh, mm -hmm. This will also be on the podcast, too, and a couple of different formats you can listen to, however. Anyway, uh, real quick, on, or not real quick, take all the time you want, actually. Um, on, on bullet structure, when it comes to, we talk about it a little bit. I talk about it in a, another video I did about how to look at your records and look at your bullets. I'd like to take it back down to the finite level as an example. We can pick a type of bullet that you want to talk about because we can't talk about each individual bullet, each individual category. So pick a category with its primary duties, whatever you want to talk about, backline, whatever. What does that bullet, what bullet stand out to you? How's it written? Uh, does, and depending on the rank, what level do you think it needs to be written at? Because not every bullet can be a 10. Right? We know we grade the entire package, not even one EPR, the entire package uh, for promotions. But we all know when we're grading it, we're like Adam. We're looking at each bullet and, and sort of doing an average in your head. If there's a bunch of blah bullets at a seven and a half, guess what? That's probably what your record's going to be. So anyway, enough rambling out of me. Uh, and, and Joe, we'll start with you. Just give us a, a maybe, if you can, an example of, of a bullet in a category that, you, uh, that you're really looking for, whether it's all of them or not. But kind of just walk the dog on that, so to speak, of bullet a little bit at the finite level yeah so i mean we talked a lot about what the do's and don'ts are and i would say um the, kind of the example of a good one i like um i talked about a little bit earlier was you know um you know fortified an electrical power grid launched substation maintenance contract executed six hundred thousand dollars in upgrades and then slashed unscheduled outages by blank whatever that might be right those are things that are very specific it shows that somebody was actually there and they did something instead of just sat there and kept the kept the, uh, the seat warm. Um, even at the lower levels, I've seen some amazing ones written on somebody who overhauled like a, a logistics program, right? And a, a shop supply program, you know, led seven person cleanup, removed, turned in thousand pounds of assets, you know, that they didn't really need necessarily initiated a new checkout system. And then you can figure out, you know, maybe you have to do some voodoo math and hopefully do some legit math, right? Slash work center response time to jobs or whatever, 15% and returned 
you know, $10,000 of the Air Force inventory, whatever those are. But when you look at those things, to me, and that, that might be an A1C bullet, you know what I mean, or a senior airman bullet. I mean, but that's the kind of level of what they're doing. And, and when I see a senior airman taking initiative and knocking that out, and I also, by the way, Scott season is, there's some benefits to Scott season when I see 18 different airmen all did this, led the same job. You know, I, I do speculate, right? So you can't get away with that stuff anymore. One managed, one led, and another one oversaw it. Uh, but I, I look at those things at that senior airman level or that NCO level or whatever else, what level of responsibility they have. And I want to know what they did besides came in and earned a paycheck. Those are the things I want to see. Um, how did they improve, innovate, you know, quantify what you did. And don't just throw in numbers because you want to throw in numbers. Make sure the numbers actually are meaningful. You know what I mean? Like just because you did, uh, you fixed a, you replaced a $17,000 asset. Okay. I mean, like, is that 17? Like you replaced it. So you didn't buy it. You didn't look it up. All you did was replace it. So why is that $17,000 Thing even matter all you do is put some four screws in it and tied it in right i mean those are things that i wouldn't say that's a meaningful number now you're just taking up space instead of finding those things so um those are some things uh, that i would say and then like a bad example of a bullet like i kind of said earlier was a duty description of led led 27 member team executed 40,000 admin actions annually managed 17 programs served 10,000 people you know what i mean I like who well if bill was in that position that would have been the exact same bullet bill would have got you know so so why you know why does adam get more credit than you know it doesn't really matter um who's in that seat it would it would have been the exact same bullet and those are things i give like okay cool you did your job you breathed today you came in and did what you're supposed to do you know so um th those are kind of things that i would look at um, um you know getting deep into the the bullet actual fundamentals would be, you know, something that we'd have to be on here for another hour on, but, but those are things. And I would say, uh, one other thing is do not you too, too many jargon. And you know, you know what, if I have to flip your APR, uh, multiple times to verify what that acronym means, and I'm going to get tired, right? And you don't want me tired when I'm reviewing your records, right? You don't want to exhaust me from boredom of just flipping stuff back and forth. Um, just some advice from me. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Adam, what about you, man? Hey, uh, I would start off by just saying that readability wins. Mm -hmm. um, if you can, like, don't focus, so many people focus on, like, left to right, just filling up the line and throw some big numbers in there, and that's going to be what does it. Uh, like Joe said, I, I don't care how big the number is if it doesn't mean anything. Um, and then, like, that action piece, like, what did you actually do? And so many people miss that mark, especially when you've got, you know, a shop with like four staff sergeants, they all happen to work on the same job, which is legit, but like, they didn't all lead it, you know, uh, you, you could have done different parts, but like, honestly, you know, you got to figure that piece out. And then um, the other thing I would say, as far as the structure is concerned, uh, as you improve on your writing, because, you know, we all start kind of with the three part bullet. You know, and that's the probably the easiest way to break it down and build a bullet. But as we grow and we get some experience, we can play around a little bit. And, you know, you do the thing where you've got like that big bam word out in front um, with like the exclamation point. And maybe, you know, you just do something else at the end or it's a straight up two part bullet. Like there's things you could play with. But if you don't understand the intricacies of like what you how you have to reword that word picture, um, you can kind of, it's a slippery slope and you start screwing yourself up. Um, mm -hmm. So it, you, you have to kind of understand the lingo and all the little things that go into an EPR or writing a bullet 
to make sure that you're hitting those things and avoiding uh, too much of that jargon, too many of those acronyms. It's really easy just to be like, you know what? There's a remark section on the back and I can just start making up acronyms. Like, yeah, you can, but yeah. it's not going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like what uh, you said, Adam. I think really like when you talk about the intricacies, okay, we start off as cooks and don't try to be a chef until you're a chef, right? <laughs> start figuring out those things. I mean, it's okay to fail and try some different things, but sometimes we jump to trying to be, we think we're chefs before we are, you know, we're still cooks. We're just following that step still. So until you master and understand all the stuff behind it, you know, you can get in trouble. And now I read the bullet and it doesn't, how did this even lead to that? You know what I mean? Like, like read that out loud. How did, how did you doing this, you know, deter Russian aggression, right? I mean, whatever it might be, like, let's be careful about what we're oh, doing you're here. Those bullets, Russian aggression. <laughs> yeah. oh, and nothing, nothing is more distracting than that tactical to strategic, like jump, like, yeah, yeah. like a long jump. Yeah. yeah you, how, what, how did this even work out? And you know, I got to the cook to chef thing. I, I had an interesting conversation uh, a few months ago with uh, one of my NCOs and uh, I told him a story about how like when I was a staff sergeant, you know, and you get the writing guide and you try to screw around with it. And, you know, there used to be a time when even on EPR, if it was less than 10, you had to spell out the damn number, mm. starts taking up extra room. So you try to stick to all the rules and you turn it in. And when it comes back for your signature, like, well, how did this change? How did you make this bullet better? You you screwed with the rules. Like, uh, how come you're not playing by the same rules as I am? Mm -hmm. And you, I had to learn that, you know, the senior leaders above me, they knew how to affect readability by kind of bending some of the rules because mm -hmm. they could get away with it through their experience. So right. kind of like you're saying, you know, as a chef, you can do a little bit better. And the way I explained it is kind of more like a pro bowler, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you start off, you might have to use the bumpers and, uh, you, you can't quite play around as much. You need some help. And then as you get better, you know, I can throw the ball and skirt the edge of that gutter, but still hit all the pins and you're just tossing gutter balls and it looks like trash. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I, so I would like to take uh, just a second. Uh, and so this applies to uh, no matter what rank you are on your EPR. Um, so I was talking, I had a good conversation. I'll give him a shout out, uh, Tom Hart. Um, and he's, he's, uh, he's out here with me. He's, he's deployed uh, uh, forward with us out here. So he, he um, me and him sat and had a conversation the other day. And, and this is one of those just true, you can just talk to him and just know he's a leader. His airmen are sitting right around uh, with us while we're chatting. Uh, no eye rolls. So Tom, if you're watching in, uh, I was watching your airmen, bro. Um, so no eye rolls. They all, you could just tell he's a legit leader. And, and I kind of wonder what's in his records. I hadn't had the opportunity yet to, to talk to him and well, uh, to say send me your records. Um, and because I want to review them, uh, because people like that, you're like, how are you not getting promoted? You're a legit leader. Uh, you're, you're accomplishing things you need to get accomplished. Uh, and where I want to go with this is I kind of wonder in, in records like, uh, maybe, maybe Tom's, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't seen Tom's records, but, uh, and if I had, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be blasting him on, on public like this, but so many times, and I'll say, cause he's in my career field, uh, my home career field, if you will. Uh, and we, this is the conversation we had. We job it, and there's a lot of AFSCs out there across our Air Force that straight kill a mission. There's great leaders that lead airmen and inspire airmen and motivate them, and everybody knows they're great. Their records aren't. Then we have, Joe, you know where I'm going with this, those freaking paper tigers, yep. right? The, mm -hmm. the, the cabal of the paper tigers, right? you got people out there that couldn't lead their way out of a wet paper bag, 
but their records look like they could they they lead people on the face of the moon, right? So, mm-hmm. I want to point out if 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 your records do not tie the mission appropriately at your rank level, then there's going to be a problem on the board. The board doesn't see how you lead the airman. The board doesn't see how you crush the mission. All they see is that record in front of you, or in front of them. Um, so so if you're a master sergeant. And, and we, Joe or Adam, you talked about this a little bit about skipping. I call it a bridge too far. Like I started out of tactical and then bang, I'm saving the world on this side. So what, what I'd like to point out to people is really look at your bullets and, and consider how they're written. So your leadership should be doing that. But let's be honest, not all, not everybody's doing that. I look at records that three EPRs in a row had the same bullet on it. What If you're a senior NCO and every one of your bullets are tactical, you're going to get a tactical score. And that's just the way it is. If you did more, then we need to say you did more. If you didn't, then great. Your EPR is written with integrity. If you're a if you're a technical sergeant and your technical sergeants look like A, and you're a C, and then you become a senior NCO, so maybe your your master select, your tech, your master select, your master EPR are all the same, same verbiage, same type of verbiage. Mm-hmm. I go out and where I was going with that about us dirt boys, we go out and we kill the mission. We work hard. Uh, not saying any better or different than any other AFSC, but th- we write it like that, right? There's a lot of career fields that do that. They write. Uh, like the, you know, like, oh, this is just that we'll get to that. We'll write the EPR later and they don't put enough time in it. And a lot of stuff gets written at the tactical level because when you're a tech sergeant in, in our career field and a lot of career fields, you're a technical expert, but we don't write it like that. We write that uh, we've got it for Emma and we went and put in sidewalks and concrete aprons and planes. We supported $4 billion in planes or whatever. Right. So I wanted to highlight, uh, so I don't have time to walk it. Like you said, Joe, it'd take us another two hours. But just as an example, if you're, if whatever rank you are, are you showing potential to serve in a higher grade based on what you've accomplished? And if you're a senior NCO and you're every one of your actions and ever or majority, let's say majority, majority of your actions, majority of your result, and majority of your impact, for one, if they like Adam said, they don't flow. And if they're at the tactical level, you're going to get a tactical score and you're going to find yourself in the average book, right? And if that's what you're really doing, then then you belong in the average boat. If not, then I really could challenge you to look at that. Leaders that are out in the field right now, whatever level you're sitting at, make sure that the at the right people. Joe, you talked about it. 18 people. When you're sitting at the squadron level, you can see that, right? You see, you see 18 EPRs, like you said, come up and be like, wait a minute. Every one of y'all led this job. And then you see some people getting crafty, like the young techs are invading. It's like, well, actually, Chief, he led this part of the job. And then I turned yeah. it over to that NCO yeah. and he led that part, mm-hmm. right? So so anyway. Long story short on that, y'all know that's hard for me to do. Uh, just look at the, the level that the bullet's written at. The other video, we go a little more detail of how to analyze what that level that bullet's written at. Uh, has to flow well. Uh, and, and one last thing I wanna talk about, um, strats, right? Don't get me started on whether strats are needed or right or wrong. If, if Pete, y'all know me, we're in this box. Uh, and you also know that I talk a lot about how we need to get out of that box and change the way we do things in the Air Force, but honestly, we're not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. So I want people to be successful if they deserve to be successful based on the things that they're doing and for their people and for their mission. Um, then we got to play by the rules in the box. So if you don't believe that strats are important, go out to the MyPower site, look up the, I think it's under Secretary of Information under the, the hyperlink there, and you'll see people in your career field that are, how many are not promoting uh, or how many are promoting without a strat. So right, wrong, or indifferent, the stats don't lie. So, uh, and, and I'm, I say that just as, as an example, like a first sergeant. I've heard before, well, first sergeant of the year is not even that important. Strats aren't that important for first sergeants. Well, go look how many first sergeants have to promote without a strat. I think this last cycle, I, I think it was one. Uh, if I remember, it might have been two cycles ago. Now, so some of my first sergeants listening out there that I might have had the opportunity to, to raid on and talk to that, that 
uh, have seen that, right? You hear that information and then you see the results on the board. So I just want to put a, a disclaimer out there for everybody. You might hear somebody on your wing or your installation, your squadron say, oh, that stuff's not important. What I will say is it's not an end-all be-all, uh, but when you actually look at it, uh, stats don't lie. Something else um, uh, that, that I just wanted to highlight on that is um, when we talk about strats, uh, I never I never asked myself, but I wanted our senior NCOs to know you have to have somebody that you trust, right? And you don't want to be seen as a as a suck up, right? And a lot of people say that and they say, well, how how do how do I find out what's required of a strap? I can just go out there and I can just job and take care of mission and get promoted. That's not always necessarily the truth. If it's not worded right and you don't have the right stuff on your EPR, you find yourself trying to play catch up. So I would like uh, for you guys to consider. Uh, you don't have to answer right now, but consider if we're getting ready to wrap this up, maybe doing a discussion on strats, how, how, what advice you would give people on, on how to seek out what's required of a strat. Not everybody's bold uh, enough, or I shouldn't say bold enough, but uh, don't, don't care and just say, hey, what's, what's required of me? As a squadron superintendent, uh, so I know you guys are, and I know you guys are already doing this, if there's squadron superintendents in the field, make it easy on your senior NCOs. Don't, don't make them have to come ask you the question. Just go tell them. You should be having to sit down with all of your with all your senior NCOs. As a chief mass sergeant, you should be sitting down with all your senior NCOs and explaining that right off the right off the get of uh, saying, here's here's what's expected. If you want me to to advocate for you to push you forward, here's those things I'm expecting uh, to see you perform at, right? So anyway, uh, consider consider that guys of uh, the next one of of talking about that potentially. Uh -huh. uh, and and we'll get something set up for that if, if you guys are willing. So no questions in the box here. There's, it's been varying from anywhere from 15 to, uh, you know, a couple of handful of people on here. Uh, nobody's posted any questions. Uh, so since there aren't any questions, I know we're running a little bit long. Uh, just any final wrap-up advice. Uh, I've said all my piece that I need to say. Uh, but if you all have uh, just any last parting comments that you want to share with the team, uh, Adam, we'll, we'll start it with you. Joe, will end it. And uh, then I'll do the deuces. Sure. Uh, so again, thanks for having me on and I'd be happy to have uh, another call in and talk about strats or what have you. Always enjoy doing the calls with you, man. Um, but to, to your point, you know, you said how many guys got promoted with a strat? You know what's probably a more important number? How many with strats did not get promoted? Uh, so when we talk about the importance of that thing, man, sometimes, you know, you got 100% of the promotees or the selects had strats. How many of the non-selects also had strats? So when we talk about the importance, uh, but I won't dive into that too much. Um, but my, my last piece of advice that I give it as we close this out is um, when you're looking for feedback, when you're looking to develop, when you're looking to build your EPR and figure that piece out, uh, you have to take a piece of invest in yourself. Don't rely on your just your first line supervisor to be the only guy helping you out, giving you feedback. Um, there is no rules, nothing stopping you from finding anybody else, another supervisor, another NCIC of a different section, somebody who's a different AFSC, uh, a chief, whoever, someone who's got a little bit more experience than you do to just look at your thing and do not wait to the last damn minute to ask for feedback. Invest some time, you know, build your package over time and you'll, you'll end up being more successful and having better products overall. Thanks Adam, I appreciate it. Joe? Um, me is, you know, I, I just seek feedback, like um, Adam said, because I'll be, you know, uh, Kayla, when you brought up the paper tigers, that was something I want to bring up too, is, you know what, I can, um, most leaders that have quite a few people that, um, that they have the privilege to serve as, as their leader 
can probably write off quite a few people's bullets that aren't even what they did. And then they can go out and take care of the wing and everything else that they need to do, um, all the extra stuff without mastering their own ordinary of what they're supposed to do. So, and we can see that. We can absolutely see that, right? And you can see it by the way the bullets are written. We can see that when we meet aboard because uh, at, the, at the various base level things and a lot of people get um, very bent out of shape about what happens at the wing versus what happens on the AFBC. I get it. You know what? Life isn't fair. <laughs> life is just life. And there's going to be things that come up, right? If I'm looking at your records and, and there's a bunch of chiefs sitting around that table and you're a senior master or a mass sergeant and they know you're self-serving, that conversation will come up. It will come up and, and you've done it to yourself probably. So seek out the feedback to find out why people think you're a paper tiger, right? Why people think that you're just looking good on paper enough to, meet, to make it out your squadron or whatever, but it's, it's not there, right? Those things aren't there. So um, this, that's, that would, that's one thing I would say is make sure you take feedback, um, do your job because I know we're talking about how to formulate. We're what we're saying is how to capture what you did, not how to make up stuff and then put it on paper, right? We're talking about how to actually capture the things you actually did, all right? So keep that in mind as well. And don't start believing everything that's on your EPR because that's gonna go down a weird path, all right? And then, and then uh, the, the other thing I would do is if you're on the, like, you know, the side where you're providing that feedback, um, what I've done is whenever, like, we just went through senior master stratification discussions at, at a certain level um, at my installation and we're looking at it and I'm writing notes on a cover sheet that I broke down that covers the seven different areas that you know we're evaluating people on but i wrote no names on those notes you know that's a cover sheet I, I know whose record this is so i'm writing these notes and i'm able to compile the people who did get pushed versus the, the stuff that they did versus the people who didn't so i can provide that feedback to my folks We're like hey this person did this 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 and this and it's tough a senior mass sergeant to get a stratification is tough so these are the things that they did to separate themselves so that you can make a good um, decision on what, what you want to do, depending on when you're on in life. If you want to go all in a little bit more and do some of those things or whatever. But um, in the grand scheme of things, do it for the right reason, do it for your family, do it for what you want to do for your airmen and organization. And um, don't worry about just getting promoted, please. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, stay online and we'll chat a little bit if you got the time after uh, we end the live session. But uh, thanks so much for your advice. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and say it, uh, and, and if you can't get to it, I'll answer for you. If you're, you're watching this at a later time uh, and you got questions, just put them in the comment box, right? Uh, and, and one of the three of us, if, if not all of us, uh, will see those and answer those for you and get back to you. Um, I know there's a couple of there. Every time I do these videos, uh, an inbox starts filling up with, uh, hey, Chief, can you review my records? And I love doing that stuff. Uh, and, and I've been honest with some people. like, hey, sorry, I, I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. So I'm not going to kick it over to you guys to, to say that for you. But uh, if somebody contacts you, then, then you can, they can answer uh, accordingly of what your capacity is. So um, if, uh, if there's nothing else uh, out here, then uh, I guess I'll uh, figure out how to turn this uh, live off on Facebook. <laughs> uh, but uh, y'all know the deal that, that are watching until we talk again, y'all keep it real.